0: And from Hafiz, I heard God laughing. We should talk about this problem. There's a beautiful creature living in a hole you have dug. So at night I set fruit and grains and a little pot of wine and milk beside the soft earthen mound. And I often sing a song. But still, my dear, you do not come out. I have fallen in love with someone who hides inside you. We should talk about this problem. Otherwise, I will never leave you alone. (laughs) That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. And I like that part where he says, I'll never leave you alone. (laughs) Sounds like fun. Is that what God does? Never leaves us alone? That's right. I'm always amazed at this process with spirit of this giving and receiving. And this action we call meditation that, you know, there really is this active part as well as a receptive part. And it's important to really participate in both parts of this meditation because that's where the fullness is. Just like breathing in and breathing out. It's through our participation in both actions that the fullness is realized. I know there's a lot of passive meditations out there where people just try to open themselves to the divine, and that's wonderful, but there's also the process of moving ourselves into the divine, and that's really often the greater action that we often find ourselves challenged with. But that's why it's so important to have a focus to meditate upon in order to tread upon this pathway, and that's where that sacred name is the key as far as that inner focus, for that inner treading, if you will, that walk of spirit. And that is that active part by that chanting or singing or saying that sacred name inside is that movement forward where we are active in our meditation. And that's often called going towards God. And so that's what we're doing. Because think about it. If you just sit there, you did not make any effort towards something, whether it's God or anything in your life, Usually nothing happens. So it's important to realize that even in meditation, it's important that we move towards that which we want to experience or where we we want to arrive or end up at. And then there's the process of receiving. That in that movement towards where we're active, that we're ever having to also be watchful that we don't begin to engage the ego. Because the ego also knows how to push, to try to make things happen. And that's part of the dynamic we're ever cautious of or watchful for, even in the action of meditation, because that ego part of us can begin to, in a sense, engage and attempt to make things happen. And at times, if we're not watchful, that we can get caught up in that, in the ego's process, thinking that maybe there's even a spiritual action going on. And so there's always this process, and that's why even as I mentioned in meditation, of a state of neutral observation. That's where it's it's really funny, almost kind of tricky, where we're active and receptive, and at the same time in this place of neutral observation. And it's a place of neutrality, where we're observing the action, both the active and the receptive, that we really come to know and see or become more aware of that inner movement of spirit as opposed to or In differentiation with the ego or mind consciousness. And so we're always wondering and asking, okay I hear what you say and I've heard this before and how do I know the difference or that word we call discernment of what really is spirit and what really is of the mind or ego process. Well the main thing I've learned over the years is don't worry about it. Because I found that as we place our worry or concern in there that it actually begins to create a separation in ourselves that can actually block the flow not only of spirit but just block the flow of our awareness of moving into the neutral place of observation to come to know the difference of what spirit, what's of the mind, the ego process. But as we're ever, ever watchful paying attention and observing then in that place of neutrality is where we begin to expand our awareness in that it and that expansion is where we really come to know the difference between spirit and the ego. And other than that, it's through experience. We're going to sometimes do the ego, even believing in spirit. And other times we'll do spirit, and we'll think, well, maybe it's just the ego I'm doing, not knowing the difference. But it's through those experiences that we participate in is what makes the difference. Remember, this is a journey of experience, a journey of inner experience. So we need to allow ourselves the experience. That's how we learn. That's how we come to know the truth of not only the divine, not only the truth of spirit, but the truth of all things, that divine spirit that is in all things, even that which is in the ego or the material world. So it's through that paying attention that we awaken to the divine in all things. Sounds simple, I know. This sounds probably really basic right now, even talking about this. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen people get sidetracked, believing that they're following spirit, and then it's the ego. So I set a key here, believing. So what's the key in this pathway? Take out the belief. This is not a pathway of belief. So don't believe anything. Don't believe the spirit. Don't believe the mind. Move yourself into a place of disbelief. In other words, take out the belief completely. That's what the neutral place of observation is. There's no belief involved. You don't even have to wonder then. If you don't have a belief, I'm doing spirit, or a belief, I'm doing ego... Think about it. Belief comes from the mind. So by removing that element of the mind, it's easier to stay in a neutral place of observation, whether we're believing or not believing. Remove that. Then we can really just participate by observing and seeing our experience. It's in the scene of that where we come to that greater awakening. Does this make sense? There's no how-to here. The how-to is the meditation itself. This is the experience. This is the awakening, the learning of how to participate if there's a how-to, ever observing and being watchful. Even in this world, as we move about in our daily lives, also it's about paying attention even through our own expression As we share, as we take action, as we speak, as we think, as we do in this world, are we being open and allowing ourselves to express and share that movement of loving? Or rather, are we participating in choosing to share or express the ego part, the personality? Yes, the Spirit's going to work through the personality and ego, That's the vehicle by which it takes place. So we don't want to kill or get rid of the ego, but we want to move it to a place of openness, of receptivity, of vulnerability. And my God, that vulnerability is usually the biggest challenge because this world of separation, what does it know? Separation. So what does it throw at us but separation? Often we feel like we're being attacked. But what is that attack? It's just the elements of the world. Everybody feels it. We all see it. We all hear it. But how do we deal with it? That's the challenge. Because in the world, it's ever a process of protection, of trying to create security. But unfortunately, as we try to create that security and protection so we don't get harmed, that we often shut ourselves off. We move ourselves out of that place of vulnerability where we can receive a spirit and move ourselves into a place of separation by shutting down. That's what protection does. So how can we move and hold ourselves open to that place of vulnerability? Because even though we think we're protecting ourselves from the world and in that protection we're holding ourselves open to spirit, pay attention. Because remember, spirit's in all things even in the illusion. It's what gives life to the illusion. Without spirit, there would not even be an illusion. There'd be nothing here to be reflected to give the appearance of life. Spirit animates the illusion. So if we move into protection, even from the world, we begin to shut ourselves down, even in that flow of spirit. So begin to look at these states or games or actions, these things we... Choose into in our own inner consciousness. And in that paying attention, we'll learn. We'll, we'll learn. We'll see the experience and how, when we do move into protection, what that is inside of us. What is it we're trying to protect anyway? What is it we're trying to protect? Is it the body? Is it the emotions? Is it the mind or belief systems? Or is it the imagination? We want things to be a certain way. And if we feel the world push against that which we desire, our own fantasies in other words, or expectations, that if we feel the world pushing against it, when I say the world I mean anything, whether it's people or situations or environments, whatever it may be, that will often create the protection or will what? Dig in our heels. Stand strong, right? Well, this is where we have to be careful to stand strong or stand up in ourselves because we've got to watch out what we're standing up for. Even though we think we're standing up for ourselves, which self are we standing up for? That which we're trying to protect? Or are we standing in the truth of who we are? Because when we stand in the truth of who we are, that soul of who we are is Neutral. It loves and accepts all things. And when we stand in that, there's no need for protection. There's no need to defend or secure. No matter what it is, whether it's the physical level, the imagination, the emotions or the mind. We don't have to protect or defend any of it when we're living in the soul. Because in truth, there's nothing to protect. These are easy or simple ways that we can know where we're living from inside of ourselves. If we're in the soul, if we're in the mind, if we're in the emotions, the imagination, or the body. Isn't it even amazing, even in the physical body, to try to protect the body from even death? We can shut down. It's that animal, instinctual nature, survival. But to live in the soul. The soul is willing to surrender or let go of everything. Even the life of the physical body. That's a big stretch. That's right. We've all heard of these things of, what, stretching beyond our comfort zones? Well, this is another way of talking about that when I'm sharing this way. That's a big comfort zone too when you think of death of the physical body. Maybe the biggest stretch in this physical world. I don't know. But even at that point, being willing to surrender and let go and let things pass, even when it comes to the time of letting the physical body pass, even when it comes time To letting our fantasies die off. Even when it comes time to stop holding on to our emotional attachments. Even when it comes time to letting go of our belief systems, the ways of doing and being. To let those things die in order that the soul can be reborn. That the soul can be reborn. Because what has the soul done but died to this illusionary experience. I remember where Jim used to call this the living dead. I know it's kind of a dichotomy there because how can the dead be living? Well, the soul is living in death, so to speak, because there is no life here. No, it's a funny perspective. So of course the soul's not dead, the soul hasn't died, so it's not being reborn. All it's doing is reawakening out of the darkness, out of where it's forgotten. So that's all that's going on. So is something really dying? Well, yeah, from that lower perspective, there's a passing. But if you really pay attention, you'll see at the same time that the soul is ever yet awakening more and more to the greater truth, of its own divinity. And in order for that to be born or reawoken, there is something that dies off. Because that which the soul has been giving life to in the illusion keeps the soul asleep to the truth. So that which is of the illusion must die in order for the soul to awaken. So just remember that. That doesn't mean you want to go out and kill everything in your life, right? No. As we simply refocus our attention on that living, loving presence within, that we begin to awaken. It's a simple, easy, gentle process when we live the spirit. And as we live more into that, all this of the world of illusion just dies off. On its own. We don't have to go kill it. When we're doing that, we're caught up in the struggle, the battle of good and evil. That's, again, the state of the mind, the emotions, the personality, the ego, the body. It's all part of this world. Challenge, struggle, stress. Just let it go. Let go of the stress and the struggle even. When you find yourself caught up in that stressful, struggle, challenging environment within yourself. Let go of it. And simply focus on the soul, on the loving, on the inner light and sound. Bring your attention up here to the spiritual center that is above all the illusion. I know we say this over and over. The simplicity is amazing, but how often we don't choose to take that inner action to rise above it. How often we would rather choose into the struggle and the fight, trying to overcome or win. Even sometimes when the winning looks like, well, I'm forgiving this. I'm letting this go. When really what we're doing inside is struggling and we're trying to get rid of or avoid it or deny it. Even though we say, no, I'm doing loving, accepting, forgiving. We can even call it that. But are we really doing it? Well, that's just up to each of us to learn through our experience. Because we can call anything, anything we want. But that doesn't mean it's so. Go beyond the words and into the experience, into your own inner experience of what are you really doing, what are you really experiencing inside. Not even what you think you're doing or attempting to do. But what's really happening. That's where we often need to what? Take a step back. Relax. Get a perspective from it. In other words move into the place of neutral observation in order to do that though we've got to be willing to let go of those attachments be willing to let all these different aspects that we've been participating in to die off in that dying off it's so funny because there's just this part of us that automatically goes into this sadness this grief, this experience of a loss. And in that part where we feel loss is often where we'll still try to hang on. We'll try to hang on to it so that it doesn't lose its life or our participation in that experience. And it will, believe me, these things of the world will do everything they can. To stay alive. Because they know the way to stay alive is to get you focused on them. Because it's by giving your focus, it gives it life. You know this whole thing of feed the fear, don't feed the fear? That's it. But fear is just one experience. A lot of these things we give life to often can seem pleasant, enjoyable, wonderful. And because it is a more pleasurable experience, we see nothing wrong with it. We choose to participate in it because we like it. Well, yeah. But just because we like it doesn't mean it's feeding the soul. Rather, it's the soul feeding it. That's the funny thing. We all hear about freedom of choice and simple choices. The problem is that when we've been feeding something so long and it's grown so much inside of us, it seems like a part of us, we're so attached we don't even know the difference. Is this me? Is this a part of me? Is this separate from me? I don't know. So how do I handle it? What do I do with it? How do I know the difference? simply going back to the meditation. There's no need to figure it out. It's all the soul's experiential journey. And in that experiential journey, we have these opportunities or lessons that which we have created. We have the experience and then the fulfillment of the experience. Well, how do we fulfill it? Through loving as we bring more of the loving into it, by focusing in the loving and allowing the loving in. Well, what comes with loving? Light, awareness, knowing, understanding. And in that, the lesson's revealed. Experience fulfilled. Karma complete. You mean I didn't have to do the battle of good and evil and get rid of the karma? Or even forgive it? Well, guess what? The forgiveness takes place simply through loving. And as we allow all things, all creation, good and bad, to be okay. Just to allow it to be. No right or wrong. And in that is the freedom. That state of freedom is... Truly, that experience of soul where we live the divine spark that we are. And from that place, and even not from that place, even if we're not awake to it, we will. Simply by choosing. Simply by actively participating in this inner walk of the divine through the meditation and that sacred name. That sacred name is all of it. It is the divine essence. It is the path of sound and light. It is the soul's answer and awakening. It is through the name the experience unfolds. All things are answered, all things are known, right? Yes. In its perfect timing, in its perfect way, in the soul's journey, as it is meant to unfold according to what? God's divine plan? God's will? What? Call it whatever you want. It is a living, breathing experience. And I don't mean the breath of the body, I mean the breath of spirit. Going back to that movement of giving and receiving. Loving God, allowing God to love us. Walking towards God, allowing God towards us to move back to that place of vulnerability and openness where all things are lived in awareness and acceptance, no things, to be feared, not even death itself. Just understanding and knowing that in this walk of this living, loving, divine that we are, That things will live, things will die. It's all part of the journey. And it can be gentle and graceful. We don't need to struggle. We don't need to figure out. That's why as we focus on the divine and just simply awakening more and more to the loving, that it's all revealed. That it all unfolds. That we walk through it perfectly. well, why do I need to tell you all this? Maybe I don't. Maybe all you need is a few words of encouragement. Maybe you need a few words that for now may give you something to hold on to, to grasp, to maybe even be a belief right now that you may believe or hope these words are true. And that's just fine. It's okay to work the program however we need to work it. Each one of us will do it according to our own journey that is to unfold for our own experience. It's no better or worse than anybody's choosing how they live their lives. We're not gonna live our lives the same. Yes, we're all one, but in that oneness, the diversification of experience, is that greater fullness of God's loving, of coming to know itself, and the fullness that it is. The simplicity of it all. Now I'm going back and forth between spirit and the mind, the emotions and body, right? Yeah, that's right. Aren't we doing that all the time? Flipping back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, over and over, all day long, here and there. That's right. Because it's giving and receiving moving forward and taking a step back. I love that saying, two steps forward, one step back. And the two steps forward, we're walking towards God, we're sharing our loving. And the one step back, we're now receiving, we're opening, we're allowing God in. So remember to take that step back so that you don't find yourself pushing up against God, demanding. Because again, that's what the ego will do. It's the push. So anytime you find yourself in the push, no matter what the experience is you're after, when you have that inner awareness of this push, just remember that's your cue. Your cue to take a step back and now become open and vulnerable to allow God to reveal the greater unfolding lesson and the spirit in and through the lesson. Because isn't that what it's really about anyway? Is it really about learning the lessons? Or is it really about awakening to the divine in all things? Hmm. Well, awakening to the divine in all things sounds much more pleasant than having to deal with my karma. Doesn't it? Maybe that's what's really going on. It can be very interesting, for lack of better words, that as we choose to perceive in different ways, sometimes called attitude,